Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Uh, I am uh, I am so happy and glad, and I need to, you know, I, I need to, and I think probably a lot of us need to, take a little bit, uh, a minute every day and just be thing, think of things you're grateful for. You know, it's it's kind of like a meditation thing. We mentioned this uh, before about deep breathing and meditation and things that are good for you mentally. And and I think taking a second uh, every day to just ponder a couple of few things that you're grateful for is probably a terrific idea. And I would say that every day I would be grateful that I no longer have to parent children. <laughs> I should really take a moment and add that to probably a list of, uh, you know, I'm sure half a dozen other things I could think I'm grateful for. But that would always be the top of the list. And I can only imagine uh, from young children to teenagers now, it's a different world from even when I was raising my kids. And there was a story last week uh, or earlier this week of um, uh, a young girl. I guess she's in some sort of school, and she's just cursing up a storm in the classroom. Mm. And so her parent, her mother, had said to the teacher, if this happens, send her to the bathroom and tell her to curse it out of her system. So she wasn't doing it in front of the other kids. Okay. There was a video. Of course, there's always a video. Uh, I guess the teacher took the video, shared it. It, you know, it went viral on TikTok. And now, of course, because parents are insane, a bunch of them are doing the bad word bathroom challenge where (laughs) parents are now literally taking their kids into bathrooms and filming them cursing up a storm. Turns out, of course, and I don't think this is shocking, across the board, the F-bomb is the favorite word for kids. Among kids. Among kids. Wow. Now, listen, listen, there was a time. When a parent would be a parent and say to their kid, you, you can't drop, you can't say the F word. Right. That, no, yeah. that's, you're punished for that. You're not doing that. Now we're encouraging it for views on TikTok <laughs> and filming it. Yeah. Now I listen. I will also say that I remember the first time I heard my kids drop the F bomb or any swear words and used it in a proper sentence. Right. I, was kind of proud. <laughs> I mean, I still gave them, you know, I still cursed them out for it. Uh huh. But at least in my head, I thought, well, at least they're using that in the right context. Understood. Well, and and it is what they need to learn about social interaction. Yes, you know, my boys are are allowed to know what those words are, and in some context, I'm sure they use them. You and I don't hear the, it. You and I've have, heard them yeah. overheard. Yeah, certainly in hockey dressing rooms dollar and such. In, dollar in the jar. Around all the friends. Dollar in the I'm, jar. I'm pushing hockey every conversation I can. <laughs> um, and every time I, well, a dollar every time I say hockey. Yeah, loony in the jar. All right, perfect. Um, you won't pay. You're too cheap. But well, who am I paying this to? Well, it's going to me. I'm going to put up the aggravation of you mentioning the worst thing on the planet. Oh, my goodness. Hockey. Eat my (laughs) jockstrap.
pay enough for hockey. But yeah, I, I hear it. Again, I pay enough. For, first of all, I don't even think you're paying for hockey. Oh my goodness! I think there's some family trust that's paying no, for I hockey. Wish. Um, no, but you you hear them. But this is what kids need to learn. You hear them and you use them. And yes, we all did. We heard them in music, yep. and we heard you know they had those explicit lyrics. And you you listen to it quietly so your parents didn't hear you listening to that, and you would use it when they weren't around. And if because if you did, you'd be in crap because you can't use that those words. In all social situations. And you, you're not going to have your parents there babying you or filming you for likes when, <laughs> when you're in a job interview. That's right. Now, speaking of music and language, I, I, um, I saw something the other day that I thought was interesting. Just how things change over time when it comes to uh, certainly music and lyrics. So uh, this discussion was about how, and this would have been really your kind of I think, time period, in around kind of early Eminem and Limp Biscuit. And how it was all about hoes and beating on girls and like it, it got very graphic and right. violent and misogynistic. And now how it's all swayed away from that, which is the right thing for it to do. And it's all gone now to very materialistic. How everything is about uh, brand names and mm-hmm. I, I got hoes in my uh, Lamborghini and this. And so a lo- mostly a lot of the top 40 or rap or hip hop is, right. is focused on that. And how it used to be in the 60s and 70s, all we need is love. I, we don't have much, but we've got each other. Right. You know, the lyrics of that time were more about we can do this without, whereas all the lyrics of today are about I got to have it all. Right. It's just interesting. interesting. Yeah, I, I, I guess there was kind of two phases of that, too, because when you look at early rap, the, thing, the likes of like Run DMC and such. Um, you know, they were about gold chains and Adidas. Right. Um, and, and rather harmless in that sense. But even, you know, you look at rock videos and Tawny Katane and that mm. sort of thing. It was about how you could score women. Guns and Roses. Sure. Right. Yep. November rain. She wasn't wearing a regular wedding dress down the <laughs> aisle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so there was a time, certainly, I think through the late eighties and mid nineties and maybe into about late 90s where it was all about how that status could score you right. women and, and beautiful women yeah and it turned it since turned a little more woke it's not necessarily a bad thing in this scenario where it's about yeah material goods and and just about money i, I think the connotation back then was money will get you the women mm. now it's just money will get you the material i want all the money stuff and this is i guess uh, back to the social media thing and this conversation i was listening to revolved around again kids and their mental health and that if all they're hearing because when you're about 12 or 13 and finally get into music you know the lyrics to those songs kind of mean everything to you and if all you're hearing is gucci and this and lamborghini that and you don't have any of that it, it can it can lead to some problems. Anyhow, so you have the the one end of the story where these <laughs> parents are TikToking their kids, uh, dropping f bombs, to a, a teenager, an eighteen year old, whose mom was out of town and she threw a rager of a party and she put the invitation public on social media. Oh no! More than a hundred kids showed up at her mom's house and they absolutely trashed the place. <sighs> they ripped her kitchen counters off the wall. They smashed uh, musical equipment, guitars, and a drum set. They poured booze in her washing machine. Oh, kids they, are idiots. Oh, yeah, morons. Now, listen, uh, my my uh, teenage high school, the group I, I heard and saw that happen as well. 
I never took part, 100%. I never destroyed anything. I threw up all over the place in some people's homes. <laughs> but I, I never broke anything, deliberately. Uh, anyhow, okay, so she comes home, the house is destroyed. She uh, calls herself the mom, a TikTok influencer. Okay. So now we tie these two things together. We got the story of the children being videotaped on the TikTok. Now we got the mom with the daughter who seems to not obviously not give a crap about her mom or her home. And I wonder, okay, what's the connection? And again, it's social media. Mm. Maybe the mom is too wrapped up in her little TikTok influencer world. We all have to put down the phone. Raising kids is hard enough. If you're so focused on something else, you're missing out with the kid and being aware of what they're up to. Well, I don't know if I can, I don't know the scenario and what exactly happened here, if I can blame the parent. I mean, obviously the kid has learned a very harsh lesson about posting their party on social media and inviting people that you don't know there. But how does the mom to blame that? Well, I'm not totally, okay, so the story goes on. She talks about how everything was destroyed in the house. But she can't stop talking about this porcelain goose she had that her friend had given her, and it disappeared. Mm. She goes on and on in her TikTok video about not being able to find this porcelain goose. Yet she never once says how she punished her daughter. Right. Right. It's it's just all about... I mean, I would have... I would. <laughs> If I was doing a video, well, I guess I couldn't have done a video if my sons had thrown a party that ruined my house because I'd be up on murder charges. <laughs> <laughs> because you could do it on video, but it would be the <laughs> the video court date with yeah. the judge where you'd be going viral. I would be hitting them in the head with those kitchen counters that had been pulled off the wall. Oh, this is exciting. We mentioned this a little while back. The series premiere of Couple to Thruple is on tonight. Four couples add a third person to their relationship to experiment with threesomes. Now, I can honestly admit, and I've seen my fair share of videos. <laughs> it is not ever, not once, has it been my go-to. The thruple? The thruple does nothing. I have zero interest in being in a thruple. Right. It all looks like way too much work. <laughs> it looks like... Both the scenarios, whether it be uh, two women or two men? Yeah, yeah. The, a third person in the bed is all too much. Right. Look, you know, we all know, or maybe this is just me, sometimes even coordinating yourself with your partner are, are we flipping over are we standing up or what, what are we what are we are we going reverse cowboy what are we doing here you have time to think like that <laughs> oh listen when i'm when i'm making love i'm making love i'm doing all the positions most are just so amazed it's happening <laughs> Well, there's that, of course. Have time to consider options. But I think that once you're in the midst of it, yes, you gotta you gotta change it up a bit, right? I mean, I always joke, missionary lights out, mm. and a lot most of the time it is that. But there are the odd occasion, you know, you're celebrating, right. you're in a hotel room. <laughs> Let's try something different. That countertop looks good. I mean, they really are actors in that line of work, and so they make it look uh, one easier, more mm. possible, <laughs> and quite comfortable. And I can only imagine, and, and if you're uh, like us, I think, critical thinkers, where you look at it and go, 
band. I don't know how that would work. No. Or that would be awkward. And in the movies, you have to remember, in the porns, there are directors and there's something called editing. Right, yes. You know, but just imagine, just think in your head about just the organization. All right, who's with who first? Who's mm. who's coming in under? Who's going up over top? <laughs> Am I touching you? Is she touching him? Are we? It just, I would just throw in the towel, wave the white flag, and say, let's just go have dinner. <laughs> it's going to be much more enjoyable. So, uh... You got to pick a team, Lucky, for the Super Bowl this weekend. Who's winning? Ah, uh, it just it, to me, it feels like the Chiefs are a bit of a team of destiny right now, and it's a really tight line. I think what San Francisco's favored like by a point and a half or something like that. So it's a pick 'em. All right. Well, uh, then you'd be on side with the Madden NFL, and they say the Chiefs will beat the 49ers thirty to twenty eight, and that Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes will be named MVP. Okay. But it is worth mentioning that Madden has been wrong the last three years. Okay. We'll either make it or break it. Yes. This year. So, all right. So if we were going to put some money down, we'll probably put it on the Chiefs, according to Lucky. I I think I read yesterday, Brock Purdy, who we talked about yesterday as being Mr. Irrelevant, the final pick in the draft, is the first Mr. Irrelevant to be playing in a Super Bowl. So. Or starting in one. If the, if San Francisco wins and he's under that, uh, rookie contract of $850,000, is a rookie contract just one year? Uh, or is it? Ex- it must no, be just I think, a year. I think it's got a couple, but the um, but more importantly, I, I, you know, a lot of times there's bonuses written in. Right. I don't know whether or not they would have foreseen to put a bonus in his contract not. for a Super Bowl win for but... an irrelevant guy who's never done this. <laughs> and who was the starting quarterback before he got the gig? And that person must be some Ruffalo. They, they had a, they went through a couple of quarterbacks this yeah. year. Yeah. Wow. Because when he resigns. It'll probably be a big check. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy on Reddit who claims that he's chosen the wrong team for the last Super Bowl for the last 16 years straight. I don't think that's bragging right. <laughs> I wouldn't be bringing that up. I really suck at this. Yeah. So it might be a good strategy to find out who he's picking and go the other way. Well, this year he's putting his money on the Chiefs. Okay. He says, don't overthink this. The better team will win. The Chiefs are an absolute machine in the playoffs. I've bet against them twice in the Super Bowl in the past. And to quote the who, I won't get fooled again. And as you mentioned, the 49ers are slight favorites. So we'll see. And I thought this was funny. One of the best Super Bowl ad campaigns won't even run during the game. It's for a product by Dude Wipes, which I think you can figure out what Dude Wipes do. You have stock in that company? I should. I should. I have, uh, I will admit, I have a turn, not all the time, but in my, uh, in my bathroom, I got me a package of some wipes. When you really. Well, like wet wipes? When you're struggling, sure. Your diaper? Yeah, not my diaper. I don't have a diaper. I got the wet wipes. Well, Oh. And I've heard other dudes who say they oh, use them all the time because it cleans much better than toilet paper. You can't flush them. Well, can't and do. Because <laughs> <laughs> you certainly don't want to be having those in a garbage bin laying around. Potato, potato. 
uh, yeah, you know, it's look at, I think, and this is very much an Asian thing, like the bidet in Asia is a huge thing. And we really, I think in North America, got to get our head wrapped around mm. uh, updating our way of cleansing ourselves. Cause just striking down there with dry toilet paper ain't cutting it for many of us. <laughs> Funny. We're, we're starting a bathroom renovation and, um, I said, Adrian, I said, you know what? If we don't go with the bigger vanity, we have room to put a bidet in. Yeah, get one. <laughs> she joked, you want one? I was like, no, I don't think I want that. I've, I've never used a bidet. It's, have you? I have when we were in Italy. Okay. Yeah. I have never, I've seen, I've seen toilet seats that purport to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. I think, uh, listen. Maybe next Christmas you're going to get us some wipes in your stocking. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll never turn back. Yay. Anyhow, Dude Wipes uh, has put together a campaign in Vegas, but it's just a billboard campaign. They've put up electric billboards on the Vegas Strip, capitalizing on the whole uh, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing. Their slogans include, we love a clean tight end too. <laughs> a good swift cleaning that's tailored to your end zone. <laughs> if you're living in a tortured TP department, welcome to the wet wiping era. Oh, boy. And it's me. Hi, I'm the solution. It's me, not TP. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know... Especially if uh, you, somebody struggles with the roids. All right, yeah. They got the uh, Preparation H wipes, uh, which are supposed to be soothing. Oh. I haven't gone that route. I don't know. if I haven't seen that, no. They're in there. Well, because you haven't been shopping in that part of the uh, shopper's drug market. <laughs> That's not, not, but not an aisle life frequent. Much like I tell <laughs> I'm you. still over the potato chips. Much like I tell you, once the cholesterol pills arrive, you will bump into me in that aisle. It's inevitable. So Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just won a record 19.9 million in salary arbitration. Uh, a three-person uh, panel picked his request rather than the Jays offer of 18.5 million. So you know it's it's a uh, significant amount. You're talking another million dollars and then yeah. a, a pinch. But where I shake my head is there's a story of a player named J.D. Davis plays for the Giants. He went to arbitration as well. He was sitting at four point two one million, and the uh, the Giants offered him six point five five million. He argued over this for six point nine, a difference of three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> of which he probably spent in lawyer fees True. and everything else. His agent taking a piece to do all the paperwork right. to get this extra three hundred grand. For what point? Outside of is it some bragging rights that he'd be the highest? Paid player on the Giants roster? Yeah, well, he wouldn't be and wouldn't even be close to that either. But, yeah, it does seem all a bit ridiculous to go through that process. The only thing is he's already paying his agents, and his agents are the one who's going through it anyway, right? Right. So I I guess, you know, you might as well squeak out that extra 350 Gs uh, when you see other guys around the league making – 15 and 16, 17, 18. Right. And, and that, you know, you could say relatively is like Guerrero not doing the same thing. They have offered you $18.5 million and you say, no, I'm worth more. more. Yeah. After the couple of seasons that he had. Right. Where he wasn't exactly spectacular. Sure. He's, you know, the Jays all-star representative, mm-hmm. but that, you know, 
few and far between when it comes to actually winning games and winning series into the playoffs. And wasn't he coming in? He was quite young, and we all understood that it was going to take a few years. And he's, what, 25, 26 yeah. now, well, something this, like that? This is the business, and and, and I, I get it. We have to understand it. We will never be able to fathom the money that they're throwing around yeah. or the, the talent that they have because mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't just hit a baseball no. <laughs> let alone hit it out of the park it the way said, that he does. It is said to be the hardest thing in all of sports. So yeah, to hit home runs. Yeah. And, and off a major league pitcher, and he can do it. So, you know, is he worth it in his realm? Yeah. Yes. Uh, but, you know, to the average person, when you're being offered $18.5 million and you say, I don't know, uh, my market value is higher. Now we all, you know, kind of keep an eye on what our market value is. If you're a cashier, you're watching other companies to see what they pay their cashiers too. Yeah. And want to make sure that you're, you're getting your due. I know it, but it is just a crazy world that we live in when you see those kind of numbers thrown around. And then you have the Tavares story, which again, I mean, I, I have account, I have an accountant who has said to me, if I've complained about having to pay some tax, he'll say to me, well, you know what? The positive side is it shows you made some money. Right. And so I kind of think that of Tavares. Uh, this was a bonus check he's arguing over, right? Is this, yeah. is this a signing bonus? Signing. Okay. So you took a pen. To paper and yes. did this. And got $8 million for that? Uh, $15 million. $15 million for doing this. Right. Yes. Pay the tax, dude. <laughs> well, Pay the tax. Here, well, his argument is an interesting one. And and I, I see both sides from what I've read of this, and it's not the entire story. But his argument is that he, has, he did declare it and is paying the tax on it. Mm. But his rate is different. Uh, he's arguing that there is there is a tax code because he was in the U.S. at the time and playing okay. for New York uh, that uh, he should be taxed. That bonus should be taxed at 15 percent. And that's what he declared. Right. What the CRA is saying is, no, that is flat income. And at your tax rate, it should have been 38, 38 okay. percent. Right. So basically, they're arguing over 20 percent. Here. Okay. Um, and Which is a, tw- a lot of dough. A 20% difference. And in this case, that difference works out to be $6.6 million plus add on to that another $1.2 in uh, interest mm. that they're charging him on that. And he's saying, whoa, 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 whoa. I paid the tax on that to what value I should. They're saying you didn't pay enough. But did he, this is when he was still in New York with the Islanders and he was signing with the Leafs? Yes. Okay, but he knew or his lawyers or his accountants would have known that, yeah, you're signing in, you're physically in New York, but you're signing with a Canadian club. This is the tax bracket you're now going into. I once knew a guy who had a boatload of money and owned a lot of bars and, uh, and his line was, I didn't get rich writing checks. Right, right. And so, uh, you know, for those who love to see the rich mm. and famous and their lifestyles, you have to understand that they know the loopholes mm-hmm. to get you through and keep most of their money with them as too. Whether it's uh, tax havens or tax law, 
This is why you hire an accountant to do that sort of stuff for you. And this is a very Canadian thing to do, right? We, and I'm guilty of it. We, we want to mock and knock down the rich. In America, it, it, it's, it's looked upon and it's applauded. Whereas we'll hey, sit down, settle. You've, yeah. you've got enough. Well, Stop it with this. I've said this about, you know, I love to play the lottery, right? Good thing about winning the lottery in Canada is you're not taxed on right, it, right. right? You look at the American lottery, $700 million mm. is the lottery win, right? And right away they tax it in half. Right. Now, there's a bunch of people who will say, hey, you still won $350 million. Mm. I am one who's saying, you mean I gotta pay $350 million in, t- I gotta cut a check for $350 million? And you know nobody would cry for you. No, they wouldn't. Yeah. Some would look at it and go, yeah, that'd be tough to do though. Mm. <laughs> now, being Canadian, if you won the Powerball, do you still gotta write that check to the U.S. You government? You have to write it initially, but then you gotta go like this okay. to your accountants and tax attorneys and they'll look, go back and they'll fight for it for you. I feel real bad for uh, Captain Crunch. He's kind of like uh, King Charles. Just got the title. <laughs> Why, does he have cancer? Well, he might. I can see any of that Captain Crunch. <laughs> That's true. Uh, he was He was not a captain. I always just assumed he was a captain all along. No, he, it was. It always said Captain. C-A-P apostrophe N. But what did that stand for? Well, I think they wanted to make him a captain, but they couldn't because it's an official designation. You oh. can't just declare yourself captain. Even in the world of cereal? <laughs> I guess not. I guess. He finally got the ranking of captain just last year, much like King Charles. Okay. So he's a captain now, so next time you're in the cereal aisle, you show him the respect he deserves. You can <laughs> salute. But a captain of what? Cereal! I guess he's the, the man in charge. Right. If there was a war in the grocery store. Like, did the other cereals name him the captain of the cereals? I don't know. Like a, like a team thing? It's not like a professional rank. Like, he didn't, <laughs> he wasn't private crunch for a while and then worked his way up. It does seem a bit of an arbitrary designation. You think Tony the Tiger would be upset? It's true. Is he a cereal? He was yeah. a cereal, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, Frosted Flakes. Oh, right, right, of course. I mean, he he wasn't the name of the cereal, just a mascot for Right, it. right, right, right. Well, I just got to assume now that he's got the title and maybe the rest of them all said, ah, give it to him, nobody else wants it. In that aisle, if they had to fight like the healthy uh, breakfast biscuits and stuff, they, they would they would now have a leader. Okay, right. Steve Jobs picked the name Apple because he was on a diet of nothing but fruits and vegetables. <laughs> of course he, he was. was. A joy to be around <laughs> when the company started up. Speaking of Mr. Jobs, there was never an iPhone 2. They went from the original iPhone right to the iPhone 3G. All right, yeah. I don't know why, but they did. Well, I guess 3G would be the service that it could withhold, right? It was on the 3G signal at right. that point. All right. The busiest highway in all of North America is right here, Toronto. You're on it. More than 500,000 cars drive on the uh, King's Highway. Right. A single day. Yeah, if they could only widen... All of the sections of it. Somebody said, uh, maybe it was a politician who was pushing for this, to move all transport trucks and, and company vans or any sort of work vehicle, move them to the 407, do some sort of get them exempt right. from having to pay the tolls. 
And then just leave the 401 open to passenger vehicles. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard that theory as well. But there's times where, where you know, as a passenger vehicle, you need to use the 407 as well. well. I think you could still go on right. it if you wanted. Um, you know, and, and again, if they made it more affordable, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> then it's you could divert some traffic to it. But they can't adjust that pricing because they sold the damn thing off. No. Thank you very much, Mike Harris. But, but uh, you know, on top of that, it's funny because, uh, what was it? We used um, one of the toll highways in the States uh, last year. Mm. And we're like, oh, man, what are we going to get dinged for this? He looked back. It was $6. Oh, I know. You can drive the whole Ohio <laughs> Turnpike yeah. for $1.75. You can't get out of Durham for $6. No. I got on to the 407 at Simcoe, got off at Lake Ridge, 480 bucks. <laughs> It's a great deal, though. Great deal. Zoomed across. Oh, yeah. Major G time and everything. There in minutes. <laughs> Only 8.4% of us don't wear seatbelts. That's good. Okay. That number's way low. But roughly 50% of those killed in car crashes were not buckled in. Oh, my. Yeah. Remember the the uproar of trying to get people to put their seatbelts on? Like yep. just screaming. Motorcycle helmets, the same thing. But seatbelts, at one point, they were making cars that fastened the seatbelt for you. Yeah. I think it was the Saturn would have that, like, seatbelt would be automatically going up. Came right across, yeah. I'm still guilty of being one of those who doesn't put it on till I'm actually moving. Like, I'll get out of the driveway and I'll be going down the street and then I'll throw oh, it on. Oh, really? Instead of getting in and strapping in and, yeah. Man, it's so automatic for me. I, like, mm. I grew up in the seatbelt era. The, yeah. the thought doesn't cross my mind of not putting on the seatbelt. But you'll get in the car with someone and they'll they'll not put it on and they'd rather listen to the ding of the of the <laughs> dash go off. Yeah. You're like, just, dude, just put your seatbelt on. I guess you'd feel really uncomfortable if you got into some old kind of 1960s car or 50s and they didn't have seatbelts. Yeah, to have none at all. It would just, it would feel weird. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, all hit, hop in a boat and not sure. think twice about it. Or on a bus. Yeah. Not that you've ever been on a bus. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I had a pass. Uh, less than 1% of people in China are left-handed. At least that's how many people want to admit it. It's considered a biological flaw in China if you're left-handed. Oh. So people won't admit it, and they train themselves to do things with their right hand. Right. Yeah, I've even, my grandfather was left-handed, and he, I remember him telling stories of in school, teachers trying to get you to switch over to your right. Mm-hmm. And some religious sections, they believed it was uh, evil. Some no. sort of devil influence if you were a left-handed. I know person. Canadians have a lot more uh, lefties, and cer- certainly in golf, mm-hmm. more left-handed golfers than uh, anywhere else in the world. But no. A lot of it, they think, has to do with hockey. Dollar in the jar. I'm relating it to hockey again. Yeah, I know. That's dollar in the jar. I know, I know. I made six bucks today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a secret room hidden behind Lincoln's head on Mount Rushmore to store important documents. There is? I guess, but it's not a secret anymore. Guess, yeah, that's right. Trump was seen climbing it. <laughs> get at them documents. In Ivana's coffin, too. Uh-huh. Houston, we have a problem, isn't the exact quote. Okay. From Apollo 13. The real quote is, okay, Houston, we're bleeped. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bleep. Bleep. Houston. (laughs) (laughs) We stepped in it now. Yeah. No, the real quote is, okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. Oh, okay. Well, that's close enough. Close enough. 
Schindler's List and the Vanilla Ice movie, Cool as Ice, had the same cinematographer. <laughs> I bet he doesn't have Cool as Ice on his I resume. All the similarities. Yeah. He also won the Oscar for Best Cinematography twice. For not Schindler's for Cool as Ice. No, not even close. Wasn't even welcome. He uh, won for Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.